morning, and uh, good to see you. Welcome to River Glen, everybody, here in Waukesha, and on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee or online, uh, wherever you might be. Great to have you uh, with us. I want to begin uh, with a question, and really it's more of a uh, moment of honesty, a moment of uh, transparency. Uh, quick show of hands, how many of you would admit that you have a tendency to try to avoid small, annoying, everyday tasks, okay, that need to be done? Show of hands, how many of you admit that? Well, quite a, few, a lot of honest people in this service. Yeah, those of you that don't have your hand up, uh, I don't know about you. Uh, because I think we all struggle uh, on some level uh, with uh, these uh, tasks, these mundane, boring, common tasks in our lives. In fact, I brought some examples along, uh, like this guy right here. Yeah, you ever walk into the bathroom and you see, uh, you see that? There's like uh, uh, one or two squares left, you know, on this thing. And uh, it, you look at it and you think, oh, that's enough. Somebody thinks that's enough for the next person, but they really just want to, we really want to avoid uh, changing uh, it. Uh, or how about this one? You go to the refrigerator and uh, you grab a, a container of juice and there's like one gulp left. And if you call out the culprit, what do they say? Well, it's not empty. Yeah, right. Yeah, they'd rather sacrifice uh, that last drink than uh, walk across the kitchen and put it in the garbage. And maybe the reason that we uh, don't put it in the garbage is because the garbage is already full. And so we press on here like as hard as we, as we uh, can. And uh, I'll admit, I'm, I'm bad about this. And uh, I, will, I will overstuff uh, the garbage because I don't want to be the one to uh, take, it, take it out. Uh, hopefully, Marnie will take it um, out. But I think all of us can relate to these everyday tasks around our houses, apartments, communities, and places of employment. All of us, on some level, struggle with a chronic case of task avoidance. And we can laugh at that avoidance, but let me ask you uh, this. How many of the issues in marriages and families and friendships can be traced back to a resistance to serve one another, because that's, what's, that's, what's really, that's really what these, uh, this avoidance is. It, it's not really about the juice or the trash or the toilet paper. You know, maybe it starts here, or, or, or maybe it would be unwashed dishes or unfolded laundry or an unreturned phone call from a friend, which doesn't seem like a big thing. But slowly, annoyance grows, resentment builds, and distance take, takes hold, and, and we find ourselves struggling to love other people. Uh, today we continue this series. It's called uh, Love Does, and uh, it, it's about what it really means to love. Now, we got the, the big idea and the title for this series from a book, a best-selling book by Bob Goff. And if you'd like to go further on this subject, I think you'd probably enjoy that resource. Maybe you're asking, what is love? What does it mean to love? Understand, love is not just a feeling of deep affection. And it's not just a dopamine rush in the brain. Our brain releases a chemical called dopamine anytime we experience something that we enjoy. And love is not just emotional attachment. It's not just a pitter-patter in the heart. I mean, it can be those things sometimes, but love is so much more. If we want to understand love, what we need to do is look at God. Scripture says God is love. Notice it doesn't say God likes to love. God knows a thing or two about love. God can point you in the direction of love. No, it's a definitive statement. God is love. And fortunately for us, our God who is love became visible to us in the person of Jesus. And as we read through scripture, Jesus 
shows us something beautiful about love, that love is active, not passive. Love is intentional, regardless of feelings. Love is lived out in specific, tangible ways. In short, love does. And in every context, whether he talked one-on-one in a conversation with someone, or whether he taught thousands of people, Jesus always displayed this active love. And by following his example, we can learn to be intentional about loving our families, loving our friends, loving our coworkers, loving our neighbors. And perhaps no dimension of love is more important than what we're going to talk about today. Because many issues in marriages and families and among friends and roommates can be traced back to a failure to grasp that love serves. Jesus' close friend John writes about one of the most beautiful expressions of love recorded in Scripture to show us that love serves. John actually sat in the room, and it it made a huge impact on him when he watched Jesus do this. He writes about it in chapter 13. He says, uh, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another way to translate that last phrase, he loved them to the full extent. He loved them to the full extent. Think about that. Jesus, his his arrest and crucifixion are moments away, hours away. But in this moment, he communicates the full extent of of his love. He demonstrates it uh, tangibly, uh, actively. So, So what does he do? How does he do it? Well, here's a hint. Love serves. Verse 2 says, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray uh, Jesus. Now, before we go on, I want to pause for a moment, because Jesus is about to demonstrate the full extent of his love, and who is awkwardly in the room? Uh, Judas, uh, the betrayer. If you're not familiar with the story, Judas is going to sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but he is in the room and about to experience the full extent of the love of, of Jesus. And what always gets me is Jesus knows it. A couple of verses later on down, if you read on down, it says, Jesus knows Judas is about to go out and stab him in the back, but love still serves. And this communicates, this, this, this small but significant detail communicates something to us uh, really important that we need to understand about serving. And that is serving isn't about what the other person deserves. It's not about what the other person deserves. You ever find yourself thinking that way? You know, you ever, you ever catch yourself, you know, thinking, thinking like that, that, uh, you know, I, I've done the dishes the last three times. It's her turn. Or he didn't give me a ride to the airport last month. Why should I give him a ride now? Or she's never offered to watch my kids. Why should I? Why should I help her now? It's easy to fall into this pattern of thinking where we view serving others as an obligation, as, as something that people earn from us. A couple of years ago, we moved to a new house in Waukesha. And I remember uh, thinking, I caught myself thinking this way. I remember feeling awkward about asking friends uh, to help me, to help us uh, move. My thought process went something like this. Oh, no, I can't ask him. I didn't help him move the last time he moved. Or, I did a favor for that person. I'm going to ask that person. That person owes me. And see what I, what I was doing? I was reducing serving to a system of obligations where I keep score 
But that's not the way God meant for it to be. And you know what? I think that's why sometimes it's easier. You ever find yourself uh, feeling this? It's easier to do acts of service for a total stranger than it is for, for those closest uh, to us. Isn't that, doesn't that seem odd? Uh, you, ever, you ever feel that way? It's easier to serve and do something kind for a total stranger uh, than it is for the people that live in, in, your, in your home. I thought about that for a while, and why is that? I tried to figure that out. I wonder if it's, I wonder if maybe it's because we have felt wounded or disappointed or frustrated uh, by the people closest to us, and so we hesitate to serve them And the reason is because we don't think they deserve it. Or maybe we feel like it leaves us vulnerable to getting hurt or frustrated or disappointed again. But serving at its heart, it's not about what the other person deserves. It's not about how the other person might respond. Jesus didn't serve his friends because they deserved it. Jesus served because love was the essence of his being. Love is the essence of his character. And love serves. Let's continue. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Picture this with me. Hours before his crucifixion, hours before dying on the cross, Jesus spends time washing feet. Think about that. Jesus the Messiah, God in the flesh, God with skin on, uh, bends over and washes the feet of his disciples. Wouldn't you think that with the short time that he has left, that Jesus would want to spend his time doing something more fulfilling, you know, do something more meaningful? I don't know. Maybe he could have uh, set the disciples in a circle and, and just go around the circle and share your favorite memory from the last three years together. And uh, maybe one of them goes, Jesus, remember that time you walked on the water? That was cool. That was really awesome. Or maybe not a share time. Maybe Jesus could have done one more miracle, you know, or, you know, really wow them one more time, one grand finale, you know, one epic miracle to remember him by. But Jesus doesn't do any of that. Instead, Jesus chooses to do something simple, ordinary, something mundane. He gets down on his, on his knees and wash his feet. Now, foot washing in Jesus' day was uh, not on the list of preferred jobs any more than it would be today, but foot washing was necessary back then because they walked on dirt roads with uh, sandals on at best. And animals also uh, walked on those uh, roads. And uh, I don't want to gross anybody out, uh, uh, but there was not only mud, there was bugs and dung and other things that made their feet dirty. Foot washing was necessary, but it was degrading, lowly, smelly. It was gross. And it was reserved for the servant lowest on the totem pole in the, in the household. Scholars tell us that for a, a Jewish teacher, a rabbi like Jesus, to bend over and wash the feet of his students, that was unthinkable. That was absurd. But I think Jesus wanted his disciples and you and me to understand something Uh, something in this lowly, simple act. He wants us to know that serving uh, can be most impactful when it's commonplace. Now, not always, but oftentimes, serving can be most impactful when it's commonplace. I find I've got a tendency, though, uh, to get most excited about big, dramatic acts of, of service. Big, 
grand gestures of kindness and, and service uh, for others. But you know where I struggle? Taking out the garbage, mowing the grass, uh, moving the laundry from the washer to the dryer. I struggle with the smaller things. In some ways, bigger things are easier. But the kind of service that God often calls us to is ordinary and commonplace. And every single day, we have the opportunity to carry out these acts of service that are not hard to do and that make other people feel the most loved. Author Shane Claiborne once said, uh, everybody wants a revolution, but no one wants to do the dishes. It's true, isn't it? We're energized by big, exciting acts of service that get the most attention. And don't misunderstand me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. I mean, we want a revolution. We want a movement of God in our lives and church and in our families and in our community. But often God calls us to simple, commonplace uh, tasks. Uh, author Fred Craddock talks about it this way. He said, for many of us, we think a life of service to God is, is, is like taking a check for $1,000. And we lay that check on the, on the table and uh, we say, you know, here, God, I want to do this big thing for you. But in reality, God sends us to the bank to cash that uh, check for uh, quarters. Yeah, God says as you go through life, do acts of service, 25 cents here, 25 cents there, listening uh, to a, a neighbor who, who's going through a struggle, being all there, you know, for a neighbor. You know, maybe helping a, a mother with two little children load groceries into the car, getting up early in the morning and uh, taking a friend to the airport to uh, catch a flight. Uh, maybe that's a 50 cent uh, act of uh, uh, service for that one. Craddock says, uh, usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love. 25 cents at a time. That's why we handed out uh, quarters at the door when you walked in. And if you didn't get one, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring one over to you. It'd be easy, Craddock says, to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. And again, sure, big, newsworthy, dramatic acts of service, they have their place, and they certainly, they certainly have their place. I mean, as a church, we want to make a big impact for Jesus, but often we find ourselves in the midst of everyday life, don't we? And it's harder to live like Jesus in the everyday moments of our life and to do it for a longer period of time. But it's the common everyday acts of service, 25 cents at a time, that can make the biggest impact. So how does Jesus want us to respond, his disciples and us to respond to his act of a service? It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his, his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is, that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Notice the question he asked. He asked the disciples, do you understand what, I, what I've done? They didn't understand. They thought Jesus came to overthrow the Roman government and to establish a new earthly political kingdom and, and Jesus would reign. But then Jesus, they wanted to crush the Romans, but then Jesus got down low and he washed his feet and he steps back and he says, I'm setting an example for you. What I just did, you do the same. Jesus models the most uh, in the most humble way, what it means to follow him. And uh, he didn't just talk about serving. He didn't write blog posts about serving. 
He didn't give out bracelets that say foot washer on them. He didn't do any of that. He just got down on his knees. And he showed them that love does. You know, something I'm really excited about with this uh, series, we're not just going to talk about uh, what love does. We're not just going to lecture on love. We're going to put it into practice. We're going to put love into action. In three weeks, we're doing, uh, uh, on October 5th and 6th, we're doing what we're calling the Big Offering Giveaway. Our leaders have prayed uh, for months about this, and we sense God leading us to take everything that comes in that weekend in the offering. Uh, We're going to take every penny from the offering uh, that weekend, and and we're going to give it away uh, to serve needs, the needs of people in, in the community and around the world, because love serves. We're going to give the offering away to meet needs in four areas, and here's the second area. Take a look. For our big offering giveaway, focus number two, we are thrilled to continue our partnership with a very special organization, Habitat for Humanity. We've partnered with Habitat since 2015, and as a church, we volunteered countless hours. During these years, we have helped to build two homes in the Waukesha area. It's simply incredible to be part of this work and to witness the ways that Habitat impacts the individual families and the community as a whole. Now let's hear from Michael Crowley. He's the new CEO of Habitat, as he tells us a little bit more about the mission and the vision of Habitat for Humanity. At Habitat for Humanity of Waukesha County, we believe in giving a hand up, not a hand out. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes, communities, and hope. Our mission is to put God's love into action. Our vision is a world where everyone has a decent place to live. A commitment for a Habitat for Humanity family is having zero or minimal amount of debt, uh, contributing 150 to 250 hours of sweat equity time in a home. Habitat for Humanity of Waukesha County really appreciates the folks at River Glen Church for all that you have done in the past and what you're doing in the future. God works in extraordinary ways, and it is so cool that we get to be part of his mission here in our own community. Just listen to the story of one River Glen family and how getting the opportunity to own a home built by Habitat has changed their family forever. Getting the house for me was was a prayer that I asked. God heard that prayer, and we didn't have the normal size down payment for a house. Habitat kind of filled in the gap. I can come home to my house, which I've earned and I, I, I pay for. Like, it's, there's a mortgage. Um, and that's, that's a big sense of pride for me. Being able to plant my own garden in the backyard and have the space for our kids to grow and um, express themselves in their own home is really great. We really saw God working through the whole process, like he was with us. Um, And the fact that River Glen got involved, that was really encouraging um, that our church wanted to partner with us and that they wanted to help us reach that goal. I would encourage people to get involved with Habitat by volunteering and meeting the families that are working towards their house and also when our church gives um, large donations, that starts a whole new project. And that means one more family in our community can put down roots and Mm -hmm. have a place, a safe 
place to stay. Our goal is to sponsor our third home build this coming spring. Your generosity will help us continue to transform the lives of families right here in our community. Yeah, uh, even though we didn't sponsor the Smith's house uh, that you heard about in the video, many of you put in long hours and uh, help build that uh, home, and uh, that is much uh, appreciated. I'm really excited about the offering giveaway. We're praying for a big offering that weekend. We're, we're setting a goal. We'd like to, we'd like to uh, give away $100,000. Wouldn't that be great uh, to give away that much money to meet needs, to serve needs? Uh, I'm grateful to be part of a church that doesn't just talk about love and, and serving, but we uh, demonstrate love through generosity, and we trust God to take care of the needs of our church. Marnie and I are planning to give our biggest gift of the year to the offering giveaway, and uh, we hope you'll join uh, with us. Uh, something I love about the Habitat Partnership is uh, we don't just send money. We send volunteers. It's a chance to uh, roll up our sleeves, get our hands dirty as we help build this new home in Waukesha. Uh, Habitat does an excellent job working with volunteers. If you have never volunteered on a Habitat worksite, you're missing out. Um, they do a fantastic job. They can use anybody. I went and volunteered one afternoon. I'm not very handy. And if they can use me, they can use anybody. I had a wonderful experience. And I hope that uh, invites you to not only give uh, in, in three weeks uh, to the offering, but uh, sign up next spring and help volunteer to serve and build that house. Because one of the ways that love does is love serves. Speaking of serving, uh, we also sponsor, uh, uh, have a partnership uh, with a uh, local elementary school called Whittier Elementary in, in Waukesha. It's a, it's a, it's a partnership. Uh, we love to serve the students and families, and many of them need help. And so for several years, we've been doing this super cool back-to-school events coming up on Saturday, September 28th. We give free haircuts, free outfits to the kids that they get to pick out and food and games. It's a great way to serve needs in our community, but we still need some volunteers, uh, especially for the obstacle course, which kids love, and it's a great way to connect with kids and their families. If, if you're interested, you can take out your phone right now, go to this link, and uh, sign up and uh, serve at that event. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you, very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, now that I've washed your feet, you will be blessed if you do them. I want you to notice a couple words here. Notice the word blessed. When we serve others, it doesn't just bless our family, our friends, the community. God promises to bless us. It brings us joy and gives us a, a bigger heart of love and makes us more like Jesus. And that helps us improve our relationships. And then notice this word example. Jesus says, follow my example. The word example here in the original language, it's an educational term. It, 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 it's, the word, uh, it's the word used that means a pattern, a tracing that someone would follow. It's like a template with an outline. And then we color it in by our acts of service, by our acts of love. Jesus says, I've laid out for you an example of serving, but I want you to trace it and color it in 
and add beauty. By the way, you love one another and serve one another. And the way that we live that out, the way that we serve uh, together, the, the, uh, the opportunities are endless. Think about it this way. When we serve, we make the God who is love visible. That's what happens when Jesus bends down and washes feet. He reveals that our God of love serves. And that's what happens when, when, when we fill in that pattern today, as we color it in with these small acts of service, we make the picture of God more visible for other people. You ever thought about it that way? Every time we have coffee with someone who's lonely, every time we shovel the walk for an elderly person, every time we mow the grass for a neighbor, every time we lend a car to someone whose car is broken down, even when we uh, take out the, the garbage or do the dishes. We make this God who is love visible, clear, and present because these acts of service say to other people, you matter. You matter to God and you matter to me. And so here's the challenge today. I want you to think about your closest relationships, the people that you spend the most time with. This is not necessarily random acts of, of kindness for a, a total stranger. These are the people in your sphere of influence, in your circle of relationships right now, maybe in your home, maybe your workplace, maybe in your office, maybe they live next door. Who are the people that you're closest to? People that you would call friend, brother, sister, mother, father, spouse, neighbor, coworker, classmate. Who are the people in your relational world? What could you start doing to serve the people in your life, what are, the, what are the 25 cent acts of service you and I can do every day to make the God who is love visible to other uh, people? To help us uh, remember this challenge, I want you to go ahead and take out your quarter that you received when you walked in the door. Hold your quarter, grab hold of your uh, quarter. And um, as you do, let me ask, what would happen if we committed together to make 25 cent acts of service part of our daily life. Can you imagine the difference? Imagine the difference it would make in our families, in our friendships, in our uh, neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Imagine the relationships that could be restored. Imagine the healing that could result. Imagine the hope that could be renewed. Imagine the blessings that would come. As you go through this next week, I want you to, I want you to carry this quarter around in your pocket, or maybe tape it to the window in your bathroom, or, or, or uh, put it in your car, maybe on the dashboard, maybe in a cup holder, as a, as a reminder that love serves 25 cents at a time. Remember, love is active, not passive. Love is intentional, regardless of feelings. Love springs into action every uh, day. John Wesley said, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. In other words, uh, don't hesitate. Take the initiative. Go first. Sometimes I think we have a tendency to hold back and let, maybe let somebody else, uh, see if somebody else will go first. Maybe we, we try to do the minimum. But remember, Jesus took the initiative by washing feet. He went first. He's our example He's our pattern. And not just with those disciples back then. Jesus showed amazing love and kindness to all of us. Scripture says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Think about it. 
while we were at our worst, when we least deserved it, uh, God went first by sending Jesus. And then Jesus went first by going to the cross to pay the penalty for all of our sins. And Jesus empowers us to go first in all our relationships, serving others 25 cents at a time in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships. Let me pray for us. God, uh, what we're uh, talking about here today, in some ways it seems really simple, but it is so hard sometimes to live out. God, there are so many times, I know I resist taking the position of a servant. We resist serving others. But Jesus, we see in your example that love serves, and I pray that you would make us more like you. God, especially right now, if you're bringing someone to mind for each of us, maybe someone that we're a little annoyed with or frustrated with or impatient with, someone maybe getting on our nerves. But God, when I think of you in that room with Judas, I remember love doesn't care about any of that. Love serves. Love does. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would make us more like you and give us the energy and the courage and the clarity to see just how much you love those around us and may we serve them with that kind of love. Help us make you visible in small, everyday, commonplace ways. God, we don't serve others to get something in return, but thank you for being so good to us that you promise to bless us. We thank you, we love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.